We're so pleased to have you join us today on Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And on our Take 10 hotline from deep in the state of Florida, Dr. Jamie Heisman joins us, a nationally known psychotherapist and expert on aging and caregiving as well. And while I'm in control of this program at the moment, let me turn the control over to Carol, who will share the topic for today. Yeah, it's Ron, it's just like you're channeling, you know, (laughs) as my son once said, when he was small, we had the same brain. So control, Um, I was actually uh, got some comments from a caregiver this morning, and she was saying that she felt that her lack of finances totally controlled her life. And I was thinking about that idea of control, particularly with caregivers, that feeling that, you know, they want more control. And if you have control or you don't have control, like with finances, that can be maybe it's kind of both. You have some control, but you don't control everything related to money. So why is this idea of control so key to how caregivers feel they're doing you know, it's, it's wonderful this conversation is happening, especially for caregivers. I, I do believe that control is a, how do I say, it? it's a mirage. I mean, it's a mirage. Look at look at what you just brought up. Your caregiver thought that money was controlling her. And where did my mind go to? It went to Haiti. For some reason, when Haiti was destroyed and had no, and nobody had any money, hurricanes had hit it, all I saw was this, you know, graceful, spirited, connected people dancing at the airport who felt, you know, some sort of aspirational faith and inspiration who had no money didn't even have a roof over their head but nothing was controlling them right they were connected to spirit so i believe that that this is an illusion a buddhist monk is not controlled by a lack of money right there is a transcendence so caregivers i think we look for things that are controlling us because hey when you're out of control in your mind you know you do get controlling and you do perceive things as that and you always want to rationalize and whatnot Obviously, if we can take care of ourselves and live in the moment, that's tough. Don't get me wrong, but be here now. We're not going to see things controlling us because we will be here in the moment and enjoying that with or without the trappings. Well, you know, the interesting thing about control is that it's it's a conscious effort to let go of it. You know, if you've ever cared for somebody with Alzheimer's or a small child, um, then you know that th- if there are moments when you realize you don't have control, you're not going to get control, and you're just going to go with it, right? That's that's where you are. And you have to kind of let yourself stop correcting that person, directing that person, and you make a conscious effort. I'm going to give up control of this situation and go with it. Um, and so it's an active, letting go of control is an active effort. Yeah, you've been humbled, quote unquote, getting that realization, that epiphany is being humbled on two knees. And you all of a sudden realize, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You can only control your response. You can't control that. And that's an epiphany. Um, and that usually comes through suffering, actually, and being able to have resilience to pull yourself out of the suffering, just like you did with your child. How's that? Or caregivers do with their loved ones. Speaking of children, that comes up sometimes uh, between our kids, and one will say, you make me so mad, and I will say, no, you make yourself mad, and you're letting them control your emotions. Yes, well, that's a child for sure, and they're in different developmental phases, so depending upon what phase they're at, you know, there's, there's healthy narcissists 
them. If you go through the narcissistic phase, there's healthy these things. So eventually they do get humbled in life. They do develop resilience and they do develop what we call the conscious or the superego. And then they realize, Ron, that they do have internalized values. That happens later, about the time your kid and my kid is, you know, now the superego is starting to be really developed strong. Um, so yes, it's not, it's, and now the illusion, she will have her own uh, epiphany, but control, listen, I'll, I'll let you all speak, but I can tell you flat out when I work with obsessive compulsive disorder, for instance, if somebody is washing their hands on a frequent basis, more frequently than not as a patient, I will know that they're more out of control in their mind. So like we always say here, especially with caregiving, it's really important to realize that the more controlling we are in the lives around us, the more out of control we are usually in our own mind. It's a barometer to know what the person in front of you is going through. So with COVID-19, it validates frequent hand washing. It, it validates for the person who has OCD, who can never wash their hands enough. Now they're doing it for a purpose. Absolutely, Ron. It does validate. Here's how it validates is even worse because we're out of control with COVID, right? So once in a hundred year pandemic. So crying out loud, we become more controlling. So what happens? Domestic abuse goes up. So our ability to get angry at our loved one, it becomes a, a, somewhat of a, a thing we fall back on as opposed to being in the moment and understanding who we are. We start controlling things in our place because we're out of control. COVID, unfortunately, has been the great awareness piece of all of that. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel and her cat. Dr. Jamie Heisman is with us, talking to us from Florida on our hotline. We see each other via Zoom. You only hear us on the radio. And frankly, you miss a lot of what we are smiling about <laughs> at the, this very moment. Yeah, you can't control that can't cat, control Carol. The cat. Yeah. Let, let, control go. The cat. let go. Let go. Let <laughs> go. Well, um, so I'm thinking of a caregiver family where they didn't try to control anything. I mean, it was mom had Alzheimer's and she lived alone and they came in every once in a while and checked. And, you know, they said, well, we can't we can't control it that that mom has Alzheimer's. And there was, you know, just all kinds of strange things going on with that family. You can't you can't certainly control it. They're 100 percent right. But what they didn't factor in as a good caregiver would is they didn't start where their loved one was at, where. Their loved one that has Alzheimer's, their loved one has neurological issues. So what is the antidote to being out of control? Well, when you realize where the person is at in front of you as a caregiver, then you set up boundaries. Then you set up that safety net that we talked about last week. Then you set up things that allow that person to function as much as they can and be in their presence. But you don't. There is another side of this. There's a balance. Life isn't black and white. You're either in control or out of control. You have to factor in who's in front of you, whether it's your child, whether it's your loved one, and be able to, to plan for them to have as much of their own sort of autonomy within boundaries that you set up functionally. Well, and, and the last kind of group I'm thinking about are those that have really serious illnesses, maybe a caregiver who's dealing with a family member with cancer where, you know, the, the illness is, is something that's on a trajectory that you don't have control over. And in those kind of situations, maybe it's good to have a discussion about who's going who's gonna to make these just the big decisions, you know, moving forward. You've got a time limit maybe um, with how much time that you have together. So talk about sort of, you know, that, that give and take with control when you're dealing with a, a serious chronic or, or a serious illness, not really necessarily chronic. In our lives, no matter what it is, we're going to feel out of control over so much. And I think caregivers understand that 
hopefully they understand. Again, we talked about the serenity of prayer, but they can accept things they cannot change. They can't change the cancer. God love them. They can bear witness and create a safe environment. And I think that's the takeaway here for a caregiver is why we take care of ourselves, why we put ourselves on two feet. You can't control the cancer, right? But you can allow your loved one to feel as safe as possible within the boundaries of that particular disease. So if you're anxious, you're depressed, you're overwhelmed, your loved one is going to feel that as well. So we, we can, unfortunately, deal with the things like COVID, civil rights unrest, cancer, those things. But we can control, and I think caregivers need to take away with this one, our response to it and what that is. It makes sense to me. Carol, what do you think? Yeah, no, I I, I do think it makes sense. Um, and just, you know, again, with that with that conscious effort, standing back and looking at a situation and seeing, you know, who, who needs to be in control? Does somebody need to be in control? Uh, we, there's always room for some dialogue, even if a person has dementia, if a person has cancer. You know, that, that dialogue between that care, person receiving care and giving care is so important, as opposed to just taking control because you're the caregiver. Right. In a therapeutic world, I just want to mention this to caregivers, I think uh, control can be a four-letter word. I think we can facilitate energy instead of control it. You get the last word. Thank you, Dr. Jamie. Carol Zerniel. I'm Ron Aaron. We appreciate you joining us today on Take 10. 